A reading from Acts. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and bought, brought the proceeds of what was sold. They, they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Hello, all. Oh, y'all like speaking to me. Praise God. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> First, all honor and thanks be to my Lord and my Savior for such a time as this. I am both humbled and grateful for your welcome, for me to be of service with you today. To the Reverend Katie Morgan Hopper, to Mr. Ray White over here as well, to the Reverend Meg. Thomas Clapp, and to Miss Sue Ellen's Skokie. I got that right. Is she here? No. Y'all make sure I y'all make sure I call that out. Yeah. Y'all tell her. <laughs> because I want I want you to know it's it is an important thing to keep us on track. Amen. Amen. To the deacons, trustees, the elders of this fine house, to every member who worships and serves in this house of the Lord. To you, all of my brothers and my sisters in Christ, I thank you for this moment to stand behind your sacred desk in this house of the Lord. I won't be before you long. Okay, God, guys, I got background music going on. Ain't God good? I won't be before you long as we talk about testimonial grace. Pray with me, if you will. Our wise and creator God, our redeemer, our source, sustainer, our everything, for without you we are nothing. God, take this moment of time where we break the bread of life to speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, to encourage our spirits and to lift our souls, to transform our being that we may become all of who you would have us to be in this place, in this time on earth. Spirit of a living God, fall fresh on each and every one of us that we may hear what we need to be transformed by the renewings of our minds. God, take me now and hide me behind the cross that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be acceptable in your sight. And God, if it is your will, Lord Jesus, help me preach. Amen. 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 In our reading today, you, we heard about Acts and this group that came together. And last Sunday, we, we, we talked about Easter Sunday. Everybody remembers the Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. All right. And so Acts tells us about the beginnings of the Christian church. It says that at Pentecost, they were speaking different languages, but when the spirit descended, they could understand one another. 
That's a mighty thing. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't understand people and you just wish you could understand one another? Sometimes we all speak in English and we pray that we could understand one another. So the book of Acts talks about this story of Pentecost. And so here we are again with this same community, but some more people are being added and being added. And there's something that's going on in their midst. The scripture says, verse 33 is our key text, with great power, the apostles gave testimony. But there's something that happened before that because it says now the whole group who believed. You ever been with a whole group who believed? You ought to say amen because you're with one right now, amen. <laughs> the whole group believed. And the multitude of them were of one heart and one soul, not one mind and one body, not one heart and one spirit. He said one heart and one soul. Our heart is the center of which the blood flows through, amen? This is the center. It flows through here. We, and we, we believe in something more miraculous than just this heart because I think it says somewhere I know it was the blood of Jesus that saved me. The blood is the center where that heart lies. And then it says soul. One heart and one soul. Soul is our psyche, that ruha, that breath of God, that breath of life that gives us being. One heart and one soul. Oh, how I wish the spirit did like it did then because the spirit of God created a oneness that transcended how they looked, what they wore, where they were from, what they owned, what they had or did not have, who they knew. It made them one heart and one soul. What would our world look like today if we could only be of one heart and one soul? The divisions of race and gender would cease. The separation of political beliefs that seem to rule our country today would decrease. And the impact of isms all over the world would be, could be, and should be removed. To be of one heart and one soul, we could truly live as Christ commanded in John 13. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone, everyone, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It would be a world where we could live with the unity of our diversities. Oh, how I pray that one day we may be of one heart and one soul. And so this community in Acts was of such unity that no one claimed supreme ownership of any possession. Now, I am clear that this sounds very idealistic and utopian and that we may never, ever get to a place where everybody's going to share everything of equal possessions. Amen? <laughs> However, I do hold that we are still responsible for giving to others in need. However, whenever we can. Sometimes this is not always physical. This is not always material. Sometimes it looks like just our times and our talents. 
I was elated to read that you all have been here feeding the hungry men, clothing the naked, taking care of the orphans and the widows, not just here, but in other places. I am reminded that my first supervisor in clinical pastor education used to tell me, Robert, God has created enough. There is enough in the world for everyone. And to believe otherwise is to limit the goodness of God. There is enough for there to be no more poverty, no more hunger, no more homelessness, no lack of clothing. There is enough in God's created world for there to be no child left behind, no undereducated or uneducated anybody. There is enough for lines not to be drawn in the sand that creates others and make them less than, or as Howard Thurman says in Jesus and the disinherited, those with their backs against the wall. There is enough in creation, and yet we are still challenged to lift others up. It has been said it takes a village to raise a child. I would say it also takes a village to save one too. Perhaps, however, this scripture today offers us something more. For it goes on in 33 and says, With great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, the South, and every now and then I, I, I have, have a calling back to the King James Version. Amen? And in the King James Version, it says, and with great power. There's a powerful word, and. You ever had somebody tell you so-and-so, so-and-so, and? It's not a but, it's an and. So what does that mean? There's a connection. There's something that says this and that goes together. Something came before and something's coming after. And you can't separate them because the and put them together. And is a powerful conjunction. That's a powerful word. Sometimes I didn't like to hear when my mother said, go and do this and go and do that. And. It says that there's a connection between believing and sharing. For they were of one heart and one soul, those who believed. And with great power, the apostles, they gave power in their testimony. Can you imagine, can you imagine being there when our Lord came to them? After this long road of crucifixion in which he carried his own cross, headed to an end that he knew was coming, what would we be like if we knew we were on the short road and what happens at the end? Thank God we don't have to do that. Amen. amen. Now you ought to say amen on that because that means we ain't got to do some things in this life because Christ has done them for us. So in the room, they are waiting and enjoying one another's company, I imagine. And Jesus shows up in the midst and says, peace, be still. Those are some powerful words for short, such a short sentence. Peace, 
be still. In the midst of the storm, peace be still. In the midst of things not going in a certain way, peace be still. I don't know about you, but there have been some times in my life where I have had to cry out in silence, peace be still. And then Jesus says to them in John 20 and 29, blessed of those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. So here we are again talking about believers. Amen. The song just said, our master from a garden rose to go for us to heaven. And he will come and take us there to be with him forever. We're talking about testimonial grace. And our testimonial grace tells us that it is our witness, our retelling of the resurrection of Jesus that has power, like the apostles' testimony of the resurrection has power. How many of you know that still the resurrection of the Lord, when we testify and tell the story, it still has power? Because it's not the end. Death does not hold the final curtain call on our being. We testify with great power. And so what about grace? In a book called Religion and Community, Keith Ward writes, there have been times in Christian history when grace has been regarded as quasi-juridical declaration that punishment is remitted. Or, in short, that sin and substance are eliminated because of grace. He goes on to say, grace, however, is nothing else but the personal love of God. What God wills is that created persons should cooperate with the divine will, should consciously know and love God, and should become channels of the active power of God. That active power I call the Holy Spirit is always acting for our good. Reiner says that grace is not like a suit that we put on to look like God's children. Rather, it is the electricity that lights up the light bulb to make it what it really is. Thank God for grace. Grace informs us. Grace is stronger than sin and evil. Grace is God's unmerited love. Grace has the power to both forgive and transform. Grace is available and present in all of the creative order because it is set to build creation, not to destroy. Grace is not something we can buy or earn. It is given because God is God. Grace hung on a cross. That's grace. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that somewhere in the book, the letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that grace is sufficient for you. How many might need some sufficient grace? Or oh, am I alone in that? <laughs> Thank God for grace. So what does testimony have to do with grace? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Testimonial grace is written in the book of the Bible through the stories and testimonies. Sometimes testimonies are given to tell of what God has done. Sometimes they are given to tell what God is doing. I have come to learn in my short life that God is still present in the same testimonies that speak about what God is about to do because I know what God has already done. Testimony frees people. Testimony sees people. Testimony enlightens and enlivens us to share with one another and it sets us free. So testimonial grace, what does my testimony have to do with grace? I'm glad you asked that too. It looks like this. Because I wondered, what does it look like? It looks like this. I kept saying, God, it looks like what? And God kept saying, it looks like this. Because I wanted to understand why was my assignment today, McLean Baptist Church. I needed to understand why I was coming from Maryland to this side of the river. I needed to understand why God was going to have me drive along GW Parkway. I needed to understand how was I supposed to find this corner out here to come to the back, Nick? I needed to understand, God, what is it that you need me to say? God said, I need you to tell them and remind them of a testimony. I said, okay. See, as you are searching for a senior pastor, I can only imagine what it might be that you're going through. Anybody on the search committee here? Raise your hand. Anybody? All right, amen. See, that's the core. But the whole church is in a search process. They may be pulling resumes and talking to people and setting it up and getting ready, but the whole church is in a holding pattern, wondering where are you going with this, God? We know what you have done. We understand what you're doing. But we sometimes in our humanity wonder, what is it you are about to do? So I can imagine that this search is filled with questions, knowns and unknowns. It's filled with some prayer and some fasting. It's filled with some excitement and yet some trepidation. It's filled with the things of life that said, Lord, we need you to lead a leader here that fits. Not just one to do a drive-by, but one to come in, plant some roots, understand who and whose we and you are, and lead you to a new place. Because if we don't need to go to the old place, we already been there, done that. I imagine that in the midst of this, some people are wondering, when is it going to happen? Well, I stopped by to tell you, McLean Baptist Church, a move of God is on the way. God has revealed some things and told me, do a little homework. 
So I said, God, what is it? God said, McLean Baptist Church, you have a powerful testimony. Just like the apostles, you testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It sounds like this. You, every time you go to work with Sharon McLean to provide clothing and food and transportation, that's a testimony. Every time you have contributed in Haiti and India, it's been a testimony. Every time you support Serve Trust Ministries, AIDS Hospice, two schools, a ministry to the colony of people suffering from leprosy. My God, if that ain't a testimony. Helping women break the bond of exploitation, that's a testimony. Twice a year, feeding, giving people a week's worth of groceries, including, this is my favorite right here, healthy snacks <laughs> for children at Falls Church Ministry. Children's Church. I, now, in my mind, I'm thinking healthy snacks. Is that potato chips? Because, <laughs> you know, that's how my mind say healthy. If they bake, they good. Can you imagine being a child and hungry for a snack. That's a testimony. It said that you fed a thousand plus homeless and still work with food for others and habitat for humanities. If that ain't a testimony of grace, I don't know what it is. Why do you testify to this? Because you understand that he lives in you. And because he lives in you, you must give life to others. Testimony. May I go a little further and tell you about the testimony? Amen? Amen. All right. In the 1980s, I read that you ordained women at deacons and hired a first woman in the 80s. It did not come without a price. It did not come without some issues. It did not come without challenges. But God gave you grace and you pressed forward anyway. McLean Baptist Church, you ask a question in your history. You ask, what can we do? And what should we do to advance the kingdom of God in Virginia and around the world? That's a question that you ask. Well, I'm here, I stopped by today to tell you the answer is simple. Keep doing what Jesus has commanded you to do. Keep spreading the good news that he is risen. Keep spreading the news that he is Lord. Keep testifying to the work that God has already blessed you to do. Because it may sound like boasting, but I'm here to tell you, I know that I know that I know that I know that every time you have helped somebody and you have given of yourself and you have lifted another up, that you have been blessed immeasurably because I work at St. Elizabeth's and every time I think I'm going to do some good deed, somebody gives me a smile or a hug or a hello and my heart just overflows because God's grace is sufficient. So I'm sure that you have been blessed in one heart and one soul. 
each time you have helped somebody along the way. That's called a win-win. You know, that's when both sides win. I don't see that on Facebook often. I ain't read that on no Twitter. Snapchat don't do that. <laughs> CBS, ABC, Fox 5, and even CNN have yet to tell me consistently about a win-win story. They give me another kind of testimony, and they tell me what people are not doing. Well, I like the one that say what God is doing. So your historical account goes on to say our history tells us that we can rise to these challenges. That's a testimony. And I do as our Savior commands us to do. So keep on telling your story. Keep on because there's power in your story. There are individuals here, and every individual that's here has a story that fits into the greater story. Like them in the community of Acts, they came together of one heart and one soul. We may not be able to do it globally, but it looks like you've been doing it here for 101 years. Happy belated birthday, by the way. So what's the story? It's your story. Yours is the one that being graces upon all. That's the important piece. When you test, tell your testimony, the grace is upon all. So it only takes one mouth to tell the story of McLean Baptist Church to the world that grace is sufficient. Now, I don't know about you, but my brothers and sisters, your testimony has, and it will, and it can, and it is fulfilling the power of God because you're telling a story of the resurrection of our Lord. I call that testimonial grace. Amen. Amen.